0: Great service planned and uh, some exciting things, even welcoming some some new members this morning as well. Uh, A couple of announcements to share. Youth group and prayer meeting tonight is normal. Adult choir will practice after the service. And then on October 8th, uh, Encounter Revival Ministries will be here at the church. Encounter Revival Ministries on October 8th. So, uh, it's a group of young adults that will be teaching Biblical truth through music teaching and dramas and, and more. Uh, we'll have a potluck after the service. Please sign up in the fellowship hall if that's something you're interested in. So that's going to be the Sunday morning service of October 8th. Also, last week we had out these bags for everybody in attendance. If you didn't get to grab one last week, they are going to be in the fellowship hall again today. So um, if you didn't grab one last week, Please go and get one today. If you grabbed one last week that was, the, that was your one. so um, <laughs> you, you don't get another one, but, but that was your one. So um, let's open our service of prayer this morning. Gracious Father, we are so thankful for who you are, for your love for us. Lord, as you move in this place today. Father, speak truth into our hearts and to our souls. In Jesus name, we pray.
1: It's always good to have uh, new folks who choose to become members of Word of Life Chapel. And um, we have this morning six uh, who have made it through uh, the process that we have established. Uh, we actually have six more who are working through it. So there's a total of a, a dozen uh, who are uh, interested in becoming members, And uh, but six this morning who we do want to acknowledge, and the last step of this whole process is to extend uh, the right hand of fellowship. And uh, so I'm going to ask them to come up. Um, We're doing something a little bit differently uh, this time around. Um, We're actually going to give certificates. We hadn't done that in the past, so I know some of you are saying, oh, I didn't get one. Well, no, we didn't have them in the past. Uh, We're just now today starting that. Um, So uh, if you didn't get one, it's not that we missed you. It's just that Uh, we're doing something new but these six uh, i would also ask at the end of the service to go to the back by the doors uh, so that everyone can extend your right hand of fellowship uh, to them so if i forget to mention that at the end uh, make sure you do that so with that being said i'm going to ask if these folks would come up at this time tim and nancy wilbert see, Tim, right on the top. (laughs) You started this whole thing, you know. (laughs) And we also, uh, did you hear that? (laughs) I tried to whisper my mics right here. (laughs) Uh, uh, Actually, Tim is the one who asked about certificates when we were going through this process, and I, you know, I I said, sure, we have certificates, (laughs) you know, probably not being truthful because we hadn't up to that point, but I couldn't say no because I could see Tim wanted this certificate, and so um, <laughs> I just said in my mic, You're the one that started this whole thing. <laughs> so he actually did. So, and the Bowmans, we have Ryan and Tracy, Dylan and Emma. If you would come up here as well. All right, let's see if I can do Emma. Tracy, God bless you. Good to see you. Let me just do this in order instead of doing it that way. Tracy and Dylan. All right. Well, God bless all of you. So good to have all of you here. And we thank the Lord for these six who have uh, chosen to become a part of the church. Father, we pray that you would bless these families, that, Father, you would use them mightily uh, to bring honor and glory to yourself. We thank you, Lord, for their commitment uh, to this church and pray that Lord you might bless these homes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. And Leonard's going to come and lead us in Blessed Be the Tie That Binds.
2: It's hymn number 207 if you use your hymn book. Blessed Be the Tie That Binds our hearts in Christian love. (laughs) Blessed be the time
1: Um, We'll start right at the top. Uh, We had known this for a little bit of time, but um, we've now added Pat Bainey uh, to our prayer list. Um, Some of you know Pat. Um, She had been a part of this church way, way back when, and um, she has been diagnosed with liver cancer and is on chemo uh, right now. So please keep Pat in your prayers. Uh, They're experiencing actually a, kind of a double whammy. Uh, they live in Delaware, and they're in Delaware now, but they have a place down in the Keys. And actually, uh, they were at the very location where the hurricane touched down, uh, that very key, uh, Cujo. So uh, I don't know whether they know yet what damage occurred to their home down there, but I can only imagine being you know, right in the eye of the storm. Um, So pray for Pat, Um, she's just not doing well. And then Ruth Bush, um, Bruce called me this week and she's gonna be having a tumor removed from her salivary gland on October the third. So I don't know any more than that. Uh, It was good to talk with Bruce and um, of course not under these conditions, but nevertheless um, he wanted to share that with you folks Uh, so that you could could be praying for Ruth Bush. They, of course, are ministering with Gospel Furthering Fellowship, and they are members, actually, of our church and uh, have been a member for years and years and years, and um, we need to pray for Ruth, as she'll be uh, going in on October the 3rd. And then Patty Meckling, we had a good report. Uh, Her surgery went well. Uh, They apparently were able to remove uh, everything they needed to remove and uh, she's back in Erie, uh, which is where she lives. Uh, she too was a big part of the church years ago, but her and her husband moved to Erie not that long ago, but um, we thank the Lord that uh, the surgery went well, and so continue to pray for her uh, there in, um, in Erie. I mentioned again this morning, as I know some of you have um, uh, uh, called me or emailed me this week, if you have updates on this list that uh, something needs to be changed, please let me know uh, so that we can have um, a record of that and be more informed of how we should pray uh, for these folks. And so Father, we come now and we bow before you once again. Father, we know that someday every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, we bow before you and confess it now. We know that you are the Lord of lords and the King of kings. We know, Lord, that you sit on the throne. We know that you rule and you reign over the kingdoms of men. We thank you, Father, that you are a sovereign, almighty, omnipotent God. And so we come before you this morning. We have come to worship you. For, Father, you are worthy of our praise and our adoration. We have come to see Jesus and see him alone. We thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that you provided a wonderful salvation for each of us. A salvation, Lord, which guarantees a home in heaven, guarantees us living with you forever. We thank you for that assurance, giving us a wonderful future, a hope, Lord, that the world is not aware of. But Father, we have been called to make the world aware of that blessed hope, the hope of salvation in Jesus alone. Father, we come before you on behalf of these folks. We certainly thank you for answers to prayer. On behalf of Patty and others, Lord, who we know you have uh, moved and you have healed. Father, we think of Ruth Bush now as she's anticipating surgery in October. We pray that they would be able to remove this tumor. Uh, Father, that it would uh, not be uh, malignant. Uh, We pray, Lord, that uh, you would move in a mighty way uh, to bring about healing to her. And for Pat, Lord, uh, just recently being diagnosed with liver cancer, we pray for her. Uh, Lord, we have learned over the years uh, to love her and uh, to enjoy her family. Uh, Father, we pray that uh, the chemo might do what it needs to do, that somehow, Lord, that you might touch her and might heal her and bring her and give her strength. Lord, she sounds and feels so weak. And so we commit her to you and pray that, Lord, you might move in a special way. Again, we thank you for our time this morning. You are a wonderful God. And Father, as we come before you this morning, we pray that you might use this time that you've given to us to fellowship, to pray, to study. Father, what a wonderful time it is when the body of Jesus Christ comes together. Father, again, we ask that you might help us to see your son. Remove the distractions. Lord, we all come with baggage. We come with our minds filled with the concerns and the cares of the world. Father, for this brief time that we have this morning, I pray that you might Help us to be able to hear what we need to hear, see what we need to see, experience. Lord, the presence of your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Would you stand with us? As we continue to worship the Lord together. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. We didn't want heaven without
2: us.
0: could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. Let's sing that together. Death could The Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Behind your regrets and mistakes, come today. There's no reason to wait. Jesus, Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and change them joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. By with the precious blood of jesus christ oh come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was by with the precious blood of jesus christ Just take a moment to turn around and greet those around you. In Jesus' name.
2: Okay, let's turn to hymn number 37. Great is thy faithfulness, faithfulness, O God our Father. Hymn number 37. Great is thy faithfulness, summer and winter and springtime and summer and
1: I suppose we are all faced with opportunities to forgive. We're all faced with opportunities to be forgiven. We've all hurt others and we've all been hurt by others. What we have been doing the last two weeks is we've been studying the timeless, solid principles Of forgiveness and reconciliation found in the little book of Philemon. Philemon was the master of a slave by the name of Onesimus. Onesimus one day decided to run away, stole something from his master, thinking he could start a whole new life in the city of Rome. But he didn't know that he was going to bump into the Apostle Paul. And in that contact, Paul led him to the Lord. Onesimus now is a child of God's. And Paul would love to keep him with him, for Paul is under house arrest. Onesimus was a great assistant to Paul for a little while. But Paul knew the right thing to do was to send him back. To send them back, now a brother to Philemon, who was also a brother in Christ. Paul begins this little book by speaking of the character of Philemon. Philemon was a godly man, a man who had faith in Jesus, and a man who loved the saints. He loved the people of God so much so that he he opened his home so that the people might meet for church in his home he was a man of great faith and great love he was a man of refreshment he was an encourager he was the kind of guy who would come alongside of another to try and help a man of hospitality and paul knew him well paul knew him well but he also wanted to motivate Philemon to forgive Onesimus and so we come now this morning to the motivation of one who forgives we looked at the character the actions this morning the motivation so please turn with me to Philemon and let's start at verse 17. So if you consider me a partner, Paul says, welcome him, Onesimus, as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong, owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And, And one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And so do Mark, Aristascus, Damas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. First of all, Paul speaks about me being motivated by restitution. Motivated by restitution. Philemon suffered loss, he suffered the loss of Onesimus' labor. He suffered the loss of something that had been stolen. So he suffered greatly. John MacArthur stated, restitution is an essential component of forgiveness. And Paul knows that. Paul knows that Philemon has been hurt. He has been wronged. But Paul wants so much for this relationship to be restored paul wants for so much for philemon and onesimus to come together and be reconciled that paul takes it upon himself to pay any debt that may be owed. he even says i'm writing this in verse 19 with my own hand someone suggested at this point in the letter Paul takes the pen from young Timothy. Most of these authors use scribes. Takes the pen from young Timothy and begins to write himself. Emphasizing the need of urgency. Taking a very personal interest in this relationship. Philemon, I am writing this with my own hand. Now both owed debts. Onesimus owed a physical debt. Philemon owed a spiritual debt. Onesimus, his debt was temporal. Philemon's debt was eternal. And so Paul is saying this, Philemon, Onesimus owes you, but you, Philemon, you owe me. So let's call this thing even. And if there is something to be restored, change my account. The point is this, that in light of our debt that we owe God, we ought to be able to forgive one another. I'm going to come back to that because I believe the greatest motivation that we have to forgive one another is to acknowledge the fact that we have been forgiven so much already. Motivation by restitution. But we also find that he is to be motivated by refreshment. We looked at this word earlier over in verse 7 actually. and We spoke about Philemon being that encourager, that one who comes alongside of. It's that military term for soldiers who are marching on a hot day down a long road. And after miles and miles and miles of travel, they finally were able to stop and rest under a shade tree. That's the idea of refreshment. Philemon was one who refreshed others. He treated saints in a way that they were encouraged and felt blessed by him. I can only imagine the fear that Onesimus must have experienced as he's traveling to go back to the very one who he wronged. I used last week the illustration of the prodigal son, how the prodigal son must have been quite anxious to return to his father. But when you get to dad, and dad welcomes his son with open arms and forgives it's that feeling of relief. And Paul says to Philemon, refresh my heart. Refresh my heart. See, I, I think Paul had a little bit of anxiety going on here too. Will these two really come together? He knew Philemon well. And he's going to say in the next verse, he was pretty confident that he that Philemon would forgive Onesimus, but you never know the outcome of these kinds of situations where one has wronged another and you're hoping they come together, you're hoping that they reconcile, you're you're hoping they make peace, but you never really know. It's interesting too, because Paul calls Philemon brother twice in this book. And he calls Onesimus' brother twice in this book. Philemon, you're my brother. But Onesimus, he is now also my brother. It's almost as though Paul is saying, I as a brother, I am appealing to you, Philemon, my brother, on behalf of another brother. We're all in this thing together. There needs to be that unity. There needs to be be that harmony. Motivated by refreshment and then motivated by obedience in verse 21 he says I'm confident of your obedience he knew Philemon well he described him in these opening verses a man of love and a man of great faith a man who refreshes the believers so he was pretty confident and knew that Philemon above all things wanted to obey his God because he was a man of great obedience and great love. But Paul goes on to say in verse 21, I'm confident of your obedience, but I write to you knowing that you're going to do even more. You're going to go even beyond what I'm asking you to do. You're going to go beyond forgiving this man. Some believe and some commentators suggest that what paul's referring to here is um, freeing onesimus as a slave it doesn't necessarily say it here but he may be suggesting that in saying that you're going to go beyond just forgiveness but you're going to release this one as a slave some also believe that uh, the fact that he thinks that he's going to do even more is that maybe and i think this is one of paul's hopes is that philemon might send onesimus back to paul because you remember earlier uh, we read in verse 13 uh, paul said i would have liked to have kept him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while i'm in chains for the gospel paul's under house arrest he's limited in what he can do to have someone like onesimus who he calls his very heart to be there as his assistant, to be able to help him do things that he cannot do. It's possible that that's what he is referring to in verse 21. We don't know that for sure. But we know that Paul has not commanded forgiveness. He's not telling Philemon to do anything. Remember, he appealed to Philemon on the basis of love over in verse 8. And it's out of that love that obedience comes. Jesus said in John chapter 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. Obedience flows out of love. If you really love God, then you will obey him. And you see the strategy of Paul, the tactics he uses as he begins this letter. I've heard about your love. I've heard about your faith. He's appealing to his character. And now he's saying, with that love, the love that you have for others flows obedience. The need to forgive this runaway slave. You see, without love, it's really impossible to forgive. If you love someone, you want to forgive. You don't want to exist in a broken relationship with someone that you truly love you want to mend the wrongs you want to bring reconciliation forgiveness it flows out of love for one another philemon was a man of great love and so paul knew that out of that would come forgiveness of that of his runaway slave again i reminded of the prodigal son and i as I was studying this week, I thought to myself, you know, every one of us is either like the father or the older brother. We're either like the father or the older brother. There comes the young man back home, and the father loved his son unconditionally. We know that as he stood and waited day after day just looking for his son to return. Throws his arms around his son and forgives his son. But what about the older brother? We read in the parable that he wanted nothing to do with his brother. Nothing to do with his brother. What was the difference? Love. Unconditional love. A love that says, regardless of what you do to me, I will forgive you. That doesn't mean we brush the wrong under the carpet. It doesn't mean we excuse the wrong. It doesn't mean we. No. It means that we're not going to hold bitterness and resentment, and treat you badly for what you've done. And it flows out of love. That's why Paul keeps speaking of the love of Philemon. Philemon, this is who you are. That's why he's confident that he will not only just obey, but even do more. Love for the Christian is not an option. Love for us this morning is not an option. It's a command. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And I command you to love your neighbor just as you love yourself that's not an option that's a command from our lord himself i think philemon is also motivated by accountability i don't know if you caught uh, what was said in verse 22 but paul says oh and by the way one more thing (laughs) he's coming now he's into the home stretch He's coming to the end of this little letter. Oh, and by the way, one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Remember, he's in prison under house arrest. He's not able to go see Philemon, but he's saying to Philemon in this letter, prepare me a room. Because in answer to your prayers, Philemon's been praying for Paul that Paul would be released from prison. And he's saying, in answer to your prayers, I believe that soon I will be restored to you, so start preparing me a guest room. Someone has once said this, people don't always do what you expect, but they're far more likely to do what you inspect. Let me read that again people don't always do what you expect ex expect they're far more likely to do what you inspect it almost sounds here as though paul is saying i'm coming to see whether or not you really did forgive your runaway slave i'm holding you accountable i'm coming to your home I'm going to inspect and see what you have done. It almost appears as though that is what Paul has in mind in verse 22. He's not saying that, but he's saying, I'm coming soon to your house. And I want to see the relationship. I want to see if it's restored, if there's been reconciliation. I want to see if you've done what I'm asking you to to do. I want to see firsthand. And of course he hopes, he hopes that the relationship between Philemon and Onesimus is a strong one. It's that anticipation of accountability I think that might motivate Philemon a little bit to make sure that he does forgive his runaway slave. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 14, so then each of us, Paul's speaking to the church, to Christians, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Someday, we stand before God and we give an account of what we have done in this life. We're not giving an account of our sins. We know that sin has been washed under the blood of Jesus, but we're giving an account of what we've done in this life to God Himself. Can you imagine? Can you imagine standing before God someday and saying, "God, thank you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins." Thank you for uh, taking care of that debt that I owed you. Thank you, God, that it's all by grace that I'm standing here before you. And God says, but why didn't you forgive her down there on earth? Why, why didn't you forgive him? After all I've done for you, how could you not forgive others? After the debt that I have paid, how can you not forgive one another and then motivated by fellowship at the very end he mentions these names uh, Epaphras Mark Aristarchus Demas, and Luke uh, these all give greetings to Philemon probably Philemon knew all these guys right Philemon probably knew each of these guys and they probably knew all about the situation They knew all about the runaway slave. They knew that something was stolen from their buddy Philemon. They probably know all of this and they're probably knowing about this letter and what Paul is asking him to do. And for Philemon to fail to forgive Onesimus most likely might cause somewhat of a wedge between him and these other men. and philemon i believe in mentioning even just mentioning these names is motivated to maintain the fellowship within the church to maintain that harmony within the church that's that's so important to paul there's a fellowship going on and if onesimus is coming back have to forgive you have to welcome him as you welcome me So all of these different motivations uh, we have in the words of the Apostle Paul. But as, as I said earlier, to me the greatest motivation of all is when we remember the forgiveness of God. When we remember what God has done for us. And Paul reminds Philemon of that. Paul reminds Philemon that he was a man at one time, that he had a terrible debt. Philemon himself had a terrible debt. Now Onesimus owes him, but he reminds Philemon through this text that he owed a debt, a spiritual debt that he could not pay. Remembering that, remembering the debt that has been paid for us by Jesus, You see, God's not asking us to do something that he hasn't already done. God has already forgiven us. He has already paid the debt. He's asking us to be like him. And as I mentioned before, someone has once said that we're never more like God than when we forgive others. Because that's what God did. And God wants for us to be like him. So the next time you find yourself in a situation and you say to yourself, I can't, I can't forgive. I, I, I am hurt so bad, I can't, I just can't. The next time you look at him, you feel that bitterness or that resentment in your heart. You see her and you say, I, I, I just, I can't look at her anymore. You have that that horrible feeling within you. You say, I, I can't self myself to forgive. Go back and remember what God did for you. Remember what God did for you. Sure, it costs us something. Sometimes there are sacrifices to be made when we decide to forgive. But your sacrifice at any cost will pale in comparison with what God and Christ has done for you. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, forgive each other just as in Christ God has forgiven you. May God enable us to extend to others what He has already given to us. So, Father, we pause before you this morning. And we know that, Father, we're all faced with opportunities to either forgive or to not forgive, to accept forgiveness or to not accept forgiveness. I'm sure, Lord, in the sanctuary this morning, there are those who are hurting badly. Maybe something happened in the past. Maybe a year ago. Maybe five years ago. And this just haunts and eats at the very soul. My prayer is that, Lord, you might help us to know how much we have been forgiven. May that be our motivation to try to be like you, to forgive as you have forgiven us. We thank you this morning, Lord, that we are forgiven. We know that, Lord, our sins have been washed in the blood of Jesus, never to be returned, never to be remembered again. Help us, Lord, to be like you in that way, to be able to forgive others, to be able to love others, and bring about restoration and reconciliation. So for the sake of the gospel, I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Take your hymn books, if you would, please, and turn with me to hymn number 385. Hymn number 385, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Let's stand, and uh, we'll sing all four stanzas, and we'll be dismissed.
3: Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands and let them move at the pulse of Thy love, at the impulse of Thy love. Take my feet, and let them be swift. <coughs> Take my voice and let me sing always before my king. Always home before my king. Take my lips and let them be. Filled says for thee, take my silver and my gold. Not a might would I, with- might would I withhold, take my. Take myself and I will be ever all for Thee, ever only
1: all for Thee. Father, we commit ourselves to You. Father, we pray that You might help us in our walk, in our talk, in all the things we do on your behalf. Lord, we want to maintain a wonderful testimony for you. And I pray that, Lord, we might begin today with being men and women, boys and girls, of love and forgiveness. For, Father, we know what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.